Hello and welcome to Civic Sound, a podcast where we talk life and leadership. This is our third episode and I just want to say a massive thank you to all the people that have been listening to the previous two episodes and the support that you've been giving us since we have launched this initiative. Just a quick reminder, if you want to subscribe and maybe share on whatever platform you're listening on right now, it helps us bring that Civic Sound into our community. Today on the show, I'm joined by an incredible woman um, who has an amazing story and I have nothing but respect for her and I know amongst our civic church community she is uh, admired by so many people for her amazing qualities. Uh, Sue Kirkegaard, it's great to have you on the show today. Good to be here, Jared. So you are married to the amazing Bruce Kirkegaard. Um, you guys have three children and eight grandchildren, is that correct? We do, yeah. yeah. Very proud of our, our family and uh, yeah, uh, an awesome husband, of course, and uh, that re- led to, th- to three amazing kids and, and yeah, eight very active, very active um, grandkids. You're also a, uh, a pastor here on at Civic Church. And how long have you been a pastor here, Sue? A long time. A long time. That's a good answer. Um, so we've, we've got you on the show today. We, we obviously wanted to hear a little bit about your journey and, and your story. Yeah. And um, I wonder whether you could give us some insight perhaps into your health journey um, over the last sort of several years and how that sort of played out for you. Mm. Several years. It's actually seven now, would you believe? Seven years. Nearly seven years since it all, all began. I turned the ripe old age of 55 and was feeling great, thought I had, you know, um, a long life ahead of me, um, which I think, you know, most of us do. You know, we we get to that age and and think, you know, there's still a lot more to come, you know, um, and often we say the best years are are yet to come. But I found it at uh, the age of 55 that I actually had um, breast cancer, which led to um, surgery, um, followed by chemotherapy and 12 months of ongoing treatment, uh, which left me in a good place. I was cancer-free, um, had no reason to believe that it would return. It did leave me, um, as far as my health was concerned, um, not as, as uh, I guess, not as fit, not as able to be as active. It did affect me um, physically and, and emotionally, which led, unfortunately, to me having to leave um, a position that I believed I was called to be in. So that was hard to, to come to terms with. Um, but I, I left with, um, I guess, high hopes and aspirations of, of what I was going to do with my time. And I was very excited and I thought, you know, doors will open and, you know, life's just going to continue on and, and God will use me. And I was quite excited at, at, the, con- at the concept of um, perhaps having a business of my own, something along those lines. Um, so I finished work uh, in the December, but in March of the following year, um, I had a, a scan for um, a possible hernia. And, and it turned out that during that scan, um, the bottom of the image clipped my lung and picked up a nodule. Um, my doctor um, 
gave me a call and said, are you at home? Are you sitting down? Are you alone? And I sort of thought, no, nah, this, this doesn't sound good. Um, she said, look, we found a, a, a nodule in your lung. I think it needs further looking at. And I was well. Um, I hadn't had any symptoms. I wasn't looking for anything. I didn't expect that there was anything wrong. And to be told um, that something could be wrong and it could be cancer again, um, yeah, it was unexpected, wasn't prepared for it. Um, so, yeah, it pr hit pretty hard when it came back that it was actually uh, cancer. It was in my lung and in my thyroid, which, again, resulted in um, surgery. I had part of my lung removed and all of my thyroid removed um, and then followed by, by treatment, um, which, which I'm still having two years later and will continue to have um, until something better comes along. But it was a big, a big shock to have to deal with cancer, not once, but twice. How long was it between when you were first diagnosed cancer-free to when you were then diagnosed with the nodule on the lung? What period of time are we talking about there? Well, you would say I was cancer-free um, after the chemotherapy. So 2014, so 12 months after I had the, I finished the treatment, they would have said I was cancer-free. So that was 2015 and it was 2018 that I was re-diagnosed with melanoma. Yeah. I imagine obviously it's never easy to hear the words from the doctor that you've got cancer, but would you say that it was harder to hear it the second time? Harder, I'm not sure is is the word. Um, I guess in some ways it was easier because I knew I had come through it once. I knew God had got me through it once. Um, it was a path I had already walked and I was just as hopeful that I would have the same response the second time as I did the first time. The second time, I, I guess I was more um, more aware of, of things that would happen um, and I knew the importance of support groups and so in some ways it was easier. Yeah. Um, but in other ways it felt a little unfair. Yeah. Um, you know, cancer once but twice, yeah. you know, I guess you start to think, why me? Yeah. Um, but obviously the reason I got melanoma was because I spent too much sun in, time in the sun when I was younger. Yeah. Um, and that's the only reason yeah. um, that I got it. But I think the second time around I was probably more prepared. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mentioned at the start that I have nothing but respect for you and I, and I deeply mean that and I think a large reason for that is because through this whole journey, the seven years that you've just run through and – I mean, I imagine there's there's been plenty of moments in that where it's been quite dark, possibly quite lonely, um, obviously a fair bit of uncertainty, but the way that I've seen you navigate that with your husband, Bruce, um, you know, if anything, you've been an absolute inspiration to so many people around you, just the way that you've, you mentioned the support groups and, and even the work that you've done um, with organisations like Blush, um, in raising awareness, in raising support for others that um, I guess 
what I see from you is there's, there's this um, real tangible resilience and optimism that you carry despite, you know, the, the real impacts of uh, a disease like cancer. Can you, t- can you tell us where that comes from and, and I guess, you know, where, what well do you go to to dig that from? Hmm. I guess no one well. There are prob- many, many wells. I think the thing that, that keeps, me, keeps me going is looking for ways that I can use my experience to help others. You know, there are plenty of times when I'm at home feeling sorry for myself, thinking, you know, what purpose do I have? Um, and I could stay in, in that place, but it's, it's a lonely place to be and I don't want to be there. Um, and some days it takes every ounce of energy that I've got and that en- energy is limited because of the, the side effects of, of the treatment. But there's just a determination that I know that I'm here for a reason and it's not just to be on my own, um, although that is, I believe that is also an important part of of my journey is learning to actually be still. Um, I don't like that part of the journey. Um, being still is not something that I've ever done well. I've always wanted to um, be doing something. Yeah. And perhaps that's a part of, you know, why I do look for things to do because I like to feel useful um, and I don't want my journey to be wasted. Yeah. Um, there's a lot that I can can give through through my journey. You know, I, I appreciate um, you know what what you said that you you see me as resilient, but you know, I don't see myself as that. Um, I just see that I'm doing life, um, relying on on God to get me through. Um, he's the only thing that I can rely on. Yeah. I know God's placed people around me, very special people around me that that can share those those tough moments with. You know, there's there's no judgment, there's no, well, you shouldn't react that way. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with being in those low places at yeah. times. Um, but it's it's knowing that there's some a place better than that. Yeah. And that's always, I guess, my my goal um, is to be where where God wants me to be. Yeah. I may not like where He wants me to be. Uh, it's not what I had planned for my life in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, but it's learning to to accept, learning to to be content. That's the hardest. The yeah. hardest hardest thing is learning to be content with what you've got, accepting that you know this is as good as it's going to get. Yeah. So from what I understand and, and from what you've told me and what Bruce has told me, um, you know, each and every day, obviously, there's there's a fair bit of considerable pain that you go through, even just to do day-to-day activities. It's it's sort of you're, you're constantly managing that pain through the treatment and the, and the therapy that you have undertaken. How, how does that, I guess, you know, emotionally, how do you go with that, that constant pain, even as we're recording right now? I mean, you're, you're probably in pain and... And on the surface, it looks like you know it's 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 Sue. She she's fine, but you're constantly managing and having to deal with that pain. I imagine it, that's 
from the moment that you wake up to the moment you put your head on the pillow at night, it's there all the time. How do you deal with that emotionally? Yeah, um, I guess the the degree of pain throughout the day um, differs. I mean, obviously I'm on high levels of medication, um, learning to accept that that's what I have to take to get myself through the day. Um, you know, that's one hurdle in, in itself. You know, you like to think that you can do everything in your, your own strength and, you know, you, you rely on God, but, you know, there's also the need of um, modern medicine and, and intervention. So, yeah, you know, at 55, I hadn't taken a drug for anything. I hadn't needed anything. And now I take a handful just to get me through the day. But, you know, as far as the, the pain levels go, you just, I just learning and I'm still learning um, how to manage those, those days when, you know, some days it's worse than others. Um, and I don't even get relief at night, you know, um, just turning over in bed, mm. um, just lifting your head off the pillow. Um, and, and it's draining. Um, it, it takes a lot of um, extra physical and, and emotional energy to, to feel like you're effective but still learning to manage the, the pain. But I guess, you know, again, it, I think it's that, that determination that I'm just not going to let it um, dictate to me what I, I do and don't do. Yeah. I have to be realistic. Yeah. Um, I have to learn to manage it. I, I can't do the things that I used to do. And that in itself is hard. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, I didn't ask to be in this situation but um, I can choose to um, sit in the corner and feel sorry for myself or um, you know make the days useful and and fight through the the discomfort and um, yeah do something that makes me feel like I've achieved something in a day yeah so you um uh, when you were first diagnosed with uh, cancer you had your husband there in the room um, I imagine at some point then you guys had to figure out who you were going to tell when you were going to tell and and you know I think particularly in Australia um, cancer is one of those things where it affects pretty much everybody um, everybody knows someone that has had cancer or who has been affected by cancer um, and sometimes it can be awkward for the family and friends when they hear about the diagnosis and, okay, how do we approach this? And, you know, I don't want it to be awkward and I want to be sympathetic and I want it to be comforting. Um, obviously, you've you've lived through that journey in the, over the last seven years and there might be people listening today that maybe have friends, might have family that have been diagnosed, maybe recently diagnosed. Um, what would your advice be when it comes to, I guess, you, you've mentioned support groups and supporting on, on a number of occasions today. What would be your advice when it comes to supporting people walking through this kind of journey? What's what's some things that we shouldn't do and what's some things that we absolutely should do? I guess the, the thing that um, I have noticed um, throughout the journey is that everybody will deal with it. In a, in a different way and it's not necessarily that there's a, a right way and a wrong way but often people it seems 
because they don't know what to say, mm. uh, say nothing yeah. um, or avoid you or um, talk about everything else but the elephant in the room. Yeah. Um, and that's hard because to me cancer is a big part of my life. It's yeah. a big – it's – my whole life is, is centred around my illness. Yeah. And sometimes it feels like that's all I've got to contribute. Yeah. And for it to be avoided, um, yeah, I, I struggle with. I mean, even, you know, with my own children, I have a, a child that is quite confident and happy to talk with me about it, probably because of her own experiences. Yeah. But the others uh, tend to avoid the subject probably because they don't want it to be real. Yeah. Perhaps it's their way of dealing with it. Yeah. And I have to accept that. Yeah. Um, that's their way of dealing with it. Yeah. Um, I try to make opportunities where they can talk about it if they want to, but it's not something that I push. But as far as, as friends and, and the general public... Um, it's nice for it not to be um, avoided. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy to talk about it. I think the more we talk about it, the more we get it out in the open. Yeah. Um, cancer's not something that really needs to be feared. Yeah. It is something that can be be beaten. It, it may change our lives, um, but it's not the end. Yeah. You know, it's just the beginning of a new journey, a new set of circumstances and I think the more it's out in the light, out in the open, um, the easier it will be for everybody. Yeah. What would you say, um, how are you a different person from where you were at 55 to, to where you are now? What are some of been the big changes internally that have – how you look back over the last seven years, how is, how is Sue different and perhaps maybe even what would you tell your 55-year-old self, um, you know, if you were to look back over the seven years um, through this um, journey that you've had? Um, I think looking back, um, I do see a lot of personal growth. I think if you had have told me, when I was 55, what was ahead of me, I would have said, oh, I don't think so. Um, I think I can sometimes be surprised when I look back um, what we have come through and it's been difficult, but it hasn't all been bad, mm. you know. Um, I think I've learnt to rely on God more as a father then, you know, I think back when I was, was 55 and life was going along great, I didn't have that intense need to be close to God. I yeah. mean, I knew he was there. Um, you know, a lot of it was head knowledge. Yeah. Whereas I think now my relationship with, with him is more personal yeah. um, because I've needed to rely on him as a dad and, and that's a whole new um, experience for me. Uh, I didn't have a, a great relationship with my own dad. So to understand um, the love of a dad um, 
is is something new and you know if if I had to go through all of this just to learn that mm. um, I think that's it's been worth it yeah yeah, yeah. Well, obviously if I can just take a step back and you were talking about you know that sometimes the awkwardness with family and friends in talking about cancer and do you think some of that can I guess speak to our own admission of mortality and that life doesn't go forever and so that I guess starts to pick at some of life's deeper questions about who are we and what are, what are we on this earth for, and and one thing that I've seen through you through this journey is that that there there might be some uncertainty about the unknown ahead, but there doesn't seem to be a fear about that. Can you speak into that a little bit about how some people don't want to talk about it because it it might seem like well, I don't really want to, you know, go there with Sue. Yeah, yeah I guess um, fear is something that I thought I would um, I would sense or I would feel when I, you know, we, I think we often think, you know, if I was diagnosed with cancer, I would, you know, I would go to pieces. I would, yeah. I, I would be afraid, but... Um, fear isn't something that I've experienced, which is I'm thankful for, mm. and I and, and I have to acknowledge, you know, um, God's part in in that. Um, but yeah, I think we put so much um, emphasis and importance on our life. Yep. on earth and of course we want to be here as long as we can and see our children grow and, and our grandchildren and of, you know I can't deny that that's important to me yeah but I know my future's secure yeah. I mean that's the only thing that's guaranteed yeah. everything else is just day to day yeah but I'm not fearful for um my future yeah um the hardest part is living the day to day yeah um you know some days i think you know can we just skip this part and i'll just go straight to (laughs) straight to the you know straight to heaven let's just uh pass over all the the difficult stuff and just get to the get to where i'm i'm you know home yeah um but yeah i think there's a lot of importance and and people don't want to talk about yeah about death yeah. people don't want to talk about dying it's it's not a glamorous we we don't paint it as a glamorous thing we're constantly fighting age aren't we we're yeah. all wanting to do things to you know make ourselves look younger Sl- slow and it fitter down. and yeah. and and all of that so it, it's not natural i don't think for us to um, want to speak freely about death but again it doesn't phase me to talk about it at all. Yeah. I'm more than happy. Um, and I think the more we do do talk about it, the more it, it becomes something that we are less fearful of. Yeah. In in a lot of your uh, – the the support groups and the journey that you've had with with those groups, is that, has that been some of the, the – I guess the dialogue and the conversation at, at times where you guys do talk about that and explore, okay, let's – what how does that work and – um, how does that work with family and friends and in, in dealing with that acceptance? Mm. It's funny you say that because our, our meeting last week that we had, the subject of death came up and 
everyone was very quick to um, say, well, but that's not going to happen to me yet. I'm not, that's, yeah. you know, I'm not in that, that place yet. I'm not that far gone yet. Yeah. So it hit me um, that people, even with a terminal or, or a, 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 a stage four uh, cancer diagnosis, can still be in denial mm. of what's potentially right in front of them. Yeah. And I just felt sorry for them. I sort of, you know, my heart went out to them. They're, they're fighting the fact that, you know, death is going to, is imminent. I mean, yeah. we're, we're all going to be there yeah. uh, at some stage or, or another. Um, and it, it just hit me that I just, it was so, I guess, reassuring for me not to have that, that fear, that, you know, it, denial. Yeah. Um, really, because I mean that's that's a lot to, to deal with. Yeah, yeah. But it, it comes up in conversation, but I find that it's something that's quickly passed over. Yeah. Um, and that they're not really willing to go down that road yet. Yeah. And and hearing you say that for me, I mean you've you've mentioned the making the most out of every day when you know, I guess what lies ahead it certainly places the importance on i mean we're recording on a tuesday today places the importance on a tuesday to maximize all the opportunities that lie ahead of me in the next 24 hours and and to do it all again tomorrow um it you know when when and not just w- whether you're um, dealing with with uh, cancer or any kind of disease for, for every single one of us um making the most of every single day um so you've mentioned your your faith in God and your walk with God um, a couple of times um, through the show. Throughout this journey, how have you, you mentioned how it's really changed, how you've seen God as not just a God but as, as a father and how that perspective has shifted and changed. Um, have there been times where, you know, there's been anger towards God, there's been frustration, there's been why me, doubt, you know, all those kind of emotions that I guess come with a difficult journey and how, how is your perspective, how is your view on God changed over the last couple of years? I don't, definitely don't blame God. Um, he doesn't give illnesses or disease. Um, he could choose to heal me if that was his, his choice, but I believe that he hasn't healed me yet because he can he can use my journey for helping others for my own personal growth and I think that's what I've really found this year I have found myself needing to read his word to draw closer to those that um, have a faith as well to be encouraged, but to encourage as well. Um, that's you know that's an important part I think of my of my my journey is is to encourage others as well. Um, but you know I know beyond a doubt now you know faith that's not tested isn't right. faith at at all. Yeah. And I really believe that going through what I've gone through um, has brought me closer to God, not torn me away. Um, yeah, there are times when I think, why me? But then I'm, you know, the next thought is, you know, I, re- I know why. 
I do know why. Um, but, you know, with, with constant pain, with um, tiredness, you know, sometimes your soul gets pretty noisy. Yeah. And, you know, a, a lot of the time um, I've got to dig, dig deep. Yeah. Um, and, and, and find the, the, the hope that, that God brings. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, uh, that's all, it's all I've got. And it, it's all I need. Yeah. 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 So I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your day uh, to, to join us here today. And, and like I said, every time we get to talk like this and we get an opportunity to hear, get an insight into, into your story and your journey, it, it always encourages me. And I trust that it and hope it encourages people listening um, wherever they are and however they're listening that um, your words have, have brought perhaps maybe some hope to some people, some encouragement to some people, um, and also just some wisdom for, for some people as well. Um, so great to have you on the show today. And um, we look forward to uh, episode four of Civic Sound. And uh, trust you guys have a great week and we'll see you next time.